When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Wolfpacker Show. My name's Ethan McDowell, and I am joined, as I always am, by Noah Fleischman. And we are here to preview a rivalry week matchup against North Carolina. The Wolfpack ranked number 22 in the college football playoff poll for the first time this season are going to be defending their home turf on Senior Day at Carter Finley Stadium, an 8 p.m. kickoff on the ACC network. Uh, there's a lot of interesting storylines to follow along in this matchup, a lot of interesting showdowns between, you know, it's a strength-on-strength game, a high-powered offense versus an elite defense. It's those kind of games that are going to be must-see TV, and we're going to talk all about it. But before we do so, just wanted to say a quick shout-out to thewolfpacker.com. We are both writers for thewolfpacker.com. It is NC State's site on the On3 network. You... you on that site, you can find everything from football analysis to basketball news, recruiting scoops, and everything in between. We've got it all on there right now. Right now, it is only $1 to join for um, your first month on there for new subscribers, or you can subscribe for 50% off your first year. It's a great deal. It's here for Rivalry Week only, so go check that out. Um, there's really no better time to join right now because you got UNC coming up, and then it's just... Um, you know, the bowl push, and then it's chaos from now to the end of the year with the transfer portal, signing day. It's silly season. It's my favorite time of the year. And um, Noah and I are really looking forward to covering it on the site and on this show. But um, go check it out. It's $1 or 50% off your first year on thewolfpacker.com. All right, Noah, it is your first week covering NC State UNC, my second. Um, it's one of the more fun rivalries in college football. I think one of the more underrated ones with the sheer, sheer intensity that accompanies it. These schools truly do not like each other. And um, after how last year's game ended with, um, you know, UNC's missed field goal in overtime and Ben Finley, former fourth string practice squad quarterback, leading them to a win, there's going to be a lot of emotions tied into this game, especially when you tie it in. It's senior night for the Wolfpack. There is just so much excitement coming into this game, you know, and positive momentum for the pack as they're right in that four game win streak. Noah, just from, you know, talking to folks, um, doing your research this week, um, what are you looking forward to? What are your initial thoughts on NC State's matchup with the Tar Heels? It's an exciting one. First of all, we can just talk about the atmosphere. It's going to be electric at Carter Finley Stadium. Dave Doran today said it's standing room only is what, you know, the athletic administration is telling them, you know, every game has been sold out this year, but there's some games that are a little bit lighter attended than others. But no, NC State is expecting every single seat to be full and people to be standing on the concourse in different places to be able to get a view of the field. So I think that is going to be electric. You obviously talked about, you know, how how good UNC's offense is and how good NC State's defense. This might be a Drake May versus Peyton Wilson kind of day, which would be interesting. I think I know who a lot of people would take in that. Um, but these games always bring excitement, as, as we've talked about. No, You don't know who is going to be the one to make the play that, that wins the game. 
And Mac Brown earlier this week said this is the game where heroes are made. You know, Ben Finley was the hero last year. Who's going to be the hero this year? Who knows? But NC State's won the last two against Carolina, and it's going to be really interesting to see if they can defend their home field because, you know, you definitely want to win this game, but it's, I think it's a little bit probably sweeter for, for the fans if, if NC State can do it at Carter-Finley Stadium and they can celebrate afterwards rather than having some teams upset that a flag was flying at midfield. But that's what happened last year, and, and Carolina took a little offense to it. So keep an eye on that in case the Tar Heels win. and They might try to, you know, get back at, at NC State for that. Yeah, it's a rivalry that matters. It matters to both schools no matter what um, a certain team in Chapel Hill might try to say. This is a legitimate rivalry. Um, both sides really care about it. And there's going to be a lot of energy in Carter-Finley Stadium for this one. I'm really excited for that to see the noise because, um, no, we've been up there a couple times this season where um, we'll be in the press box and, you know, the uh, the glass will start vibrating a little bit after a big play. And it's pretty electric. But um, I think we're going to see it go to new heights um, on Saturday night, 8 p.m. kickoff. That's a long day of tailgating for those Wolfpack fans. So it's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of energy. It's going to be a lot of fun at that game this week. Um, let's talk about a little bit just on the field stuff. Um, let's, let's first just go through um, quick, a first, first, a quick note on Brennan. Um, after the game, he did receive immediate treatment after the game because, um, you know, he was taking some hard hits out there. Um, we all saw them. Uh, nothing we have heard indicates that he will not be able to play uh, against the Tar Heels. I mean, Noah, you talked to him yesterday after practice and, um, and he was wearing full pads and, uh, you know, so I, I, there's nothing that really indicates that he's not going to be ready to go. And um, that sets up for a matchup against um, another offense that is pretty much at the top of the ACC in every statistical category, and that's led by Drake May. Um, everybody knows him at this point. He might be the number one pick in the NFL draft this year. He's 3,354 3, passing yards this season, 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. You know, his arm is one of the best in the country, and he's gonna he's going to be able to find receivers um, – in spots that other quarterbacks won't be able to. Uh, but what really catches my eye about him, Noah, is just he extends plays so well. Um, he's, he's already got that, like, um, you know, improvisation, like trait that, you know, lends itself so well to professional quarterbacks. He's already got that in college. And he does a really good job keeping plays alive with his legs. He's fast enough to, if he has the space, break off a big game. Um, he's really a pretty much complete quarterback. And um, going to be hard to stop. But I will add that sometimes when he you know, is scrambling around trying to extend the plays, he does it a little longer than his own good. UNC uh, has a solid offensive line, but they rank number 12 in the ACC with 28 sacks allowed. And I think some of that is Drake May holding on to the ball too long. So, you know, NC State likes to blitz, Noah. We know that pretty well after how this season has gone. So it'll be um, – Interesting to watch just how he does handles that pressure. And um, if he focuses a little more on getting the ball out fast or how, how he adjusts NC State sending in the house so much. Uh, no, no. Is there anything you've noticed about um, UNC's offense that really catches your eye? Yeah. You know, I think we've, we've talked about it a lot and how, I mean, Drake may, there's a reason why people are worried what he's going to do after this game, because he's, he's that good. Obviously he, nobody knows he's been asked a question and doesn't know. So everything runs through him. I mean, when you look at it, but they do have, you know, the second, 
you know, highest scoring offense in the ACC. They, they put up points and I think the, that's going to be interesting because you're playing that, that team is going up against the team that has the third, the defense that gives up the third fewest yards in the league. So you have the, the most yards against the third fewest. I think that'll be interesting. And, and I think it's going to be the thing to watch um, because of how Carolina can move the ball down the field, whether it's through Jake May or, or their running back. That's, that's really good too. It's going to be interesting. We talk about Peyton Wilson every week, but I think this is a game where he can really, really show why he is one of the best linebackers to play at NC State in a while. Um, and you can do it against a team that he was originally supposed to play for. So, Yeah, and um, I mean, I think one of the things that impressed me so much last week with Peyton is I don't, I don't think he was necessarily spying Kyron Drones at Virginia Tech. We talked about that. But there were, he was around every single quarterback run early in that game, like living in the backfield. I think he had two of his two and a half of his three and a half tackles for loss were in the first quarter. He really set the tone in that game, made Virginia Tech adjust their game plan, and like made it clear that um, Drones was not going to be able to extend plays with his legs as much. I think Peyton will have to play at the level we've become accustomed to seeing him play at. I think this is a potential statement game for Peyton Wilson. I think uh, he, he has the ability to put up one of those 15 tackle days against the Tar Heels. I think he's going to be on the field for more snaps than he was against Virginia Tech, and he's going to have the opportunity to impact the game in a major way. Um, and, you know, it extends beyond Drake May. I mean, I think it'd be a disservice not to mention the rest of their um, offensive playmakers that help them put up a ACC leading 514.8 total yards per game. That is 50 more than the second place um, team in the ACC. So if you, you go back and look at Amari you know, Hampton, you know, former top, top recruit, um, is a really, really talented running back. He's a physical guy, but with great speed. He had a big day against um, Clemson where he, you know, you know, ran all over them. And when he gets to the second level, he's really tough to tackle. And um, so far this season, he leads the conference in rushing with um, 1,414 yards and 15 touchdowns. He, it's it's going to be important to you know tackle him in the box because if he gets that second level, you know an arm tackle, it's it's not going to bring him down. So you, you're going to have to be ready to be physical and come ready to tackle him. And then um also just wanted to mention uh, you know Tez Walker. Uh, everyone nationwide pretty much knows his name because of the like long and drawn out eligibility battle with NCAA. But once he got the play, he's been pretty electric for them. Um, seven games, he has 39 receptions, 670 yards and six touchdowns. That leads UNC. He's six foot three, but he's a legit deep threat, an absolute burner who can, um, you know, take the top off of defense. And it's going to, he's going to be a challenging matchup for, um, for the Wolfpack corners. I, I think it's most closely comparable to um, how Jamari Thrash was going to challenge the Wolfpack with Louisville. And, um, you know, I thought, you know, Aiden White and Shaheen Battle did a good job against Thrash when they played. So it's going to take a similar caliber performance. And uh, it's just a really talented UNC unit. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to probably put up some points on NC State. And it's all about how much the defense can limit those forced turnovers and, um, you know, how the offense can respond to those opportunities. All right, Noah, let's flip sides of the ball here. Let's go defense. Um, they've got a couple standout players on a unit that has been up and down this year. 
But um, is there anything about that unit in particular that um, really jumps out to you that Wolfpack fans should be keeping an eye on? I think everyone knows who Cedric Gray is, you know, a linebacker that is one of the best in the ACC, I'd say. You know, I don't know where you stack him up, but, you know, he's one of the best. He's second in the ACC in tackles, 104, just trails Peyton Wilson at 123. So I think he's the kind of guy that you, you know is going to be similar to Peyton Wilson. You don't get 104 tackles this late in the year without being around the ball as much as you are, and he will be this weekend. So I think wherever the ball goes, you're most likely going to see Cedric Gray there. And he's one of, you know, when you look at the ACC as a whole, they've got a lot of good linebackers. Peyton Wilson, yeah. Cedric Gray. I mean, the list goes. They have, I think there's a possibility they could get, you know, two or three All-American linebackers. And yeah, this you week, we could see. from Clemson on there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you see two of them on the field this weekend. I think it's going to be a good linebacker battle. So, you're looking at defensively for, for North Carolina. Cedric Gray definitely, I think, you know, is on the top of Robert and I's, you know, priorities list of figure out where he's at on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, he's just someone that is around the ball all the time, and they they count on him to make a lot of plays. Like they need him to. Uh, it's kind of similar to how you know early in the season Peyton Wilson was having to really just do arguably a little too much on defense at times. So kind of a similar role. The other guy I wanted to highlight on that side of the ball is um Cayman Rucker, who um he has eight and a half sacks so far this year. It's the number three total in the ACC. Uh, his um, pro football focus of uh, pass rushing grade is 90. Uh, for context, that puts him like a, amongst the elite pass rushers in the ACC. Like not, not many people can get above 90. Um, so really talented pass rusher. He, you know, I thought Virginia NC State did a good job against Virginia Tech in handling um, Antoine Powell Ryland, who is one of the few pass rushers who can equal um, Rutgers sack total this year. So, you know, and they did that by quick passes. They did it by establishing a run game and, you know, just moving Brennan outside of the pocket a lot too on some more of like the intermediate throws and stuff, which I thought was cool. I thought that was a cool wrinkle that um, Anai threw in there. And I, th- I think you'll see a similar game plan to that where, you know, Armstrong's going to be on the move and be able to uh, either take off or make, a, or make a throw and, you know, stuff like that. That'll be um, very um, – efficient and keep NC state ahead of the chains and out of, um, you know, those tackle for loss um, scenarios that put them in long down in distances. Now I will say other than that, the North Carolina defense does not exactly jump off the page uh, against Clemson. They missed 20 tackles. Noah, they, they allowed 179 yards after contact against the running backs. That is just just not a good number. It it is a um, it, it was just not a very physical North Carolina defense that allowed a lot of extra yards by Clemson rushers. And um, I think NC State needs to come in and just be physical. If, if they can embrace that same like you know tough like hard nosed mentality that's gotten to them to this four game winning streak, I think they're going to be able to have success against um against North Carolina's defense Saturday night. Um, I will add that, um, you know, their, their defense does, it's, it's an opportunistic squad. Uh, they were, they led the ACC in interceptions for most of the season. That number has since dropped a little bit, but, um, you know, they're still going to be able to, um, you know, register some takeaways and uh, make plays in the secondary, um, when they're targeted that much, like I'm sure they will be Saturday night. 
But yeah, so it's going to be an interesting, interesting group to watch. They allow like around 26 points per game. That's been about where NC State has sat around during its uh, during its winning streak here. So we're going to see how that goes for them. And um, all right, before we go to break, just a quick big picture look here, Noah. Um, each week we like to give just one key of the game, like just one thing that you think could help decide this matchup. Um, Noah, where do you think this game will be? you know, swung and decided against the Tar Heels. It's a spot we've seen be productive last two weeks. They both come out with wins, which is Brendan Armstrong's ability to run the ball. And and we talk about, you know, his passing ability. He's great at that. But when you talk about a defense that gives up, you know, 176 yards after contact to Clemson, you know, Brendan feeds on running through tackles and, and taking the contact. So I think that's key for NC State is to get him going on the ground because, you know, it's good to get a, the run game going, and he's been, you know, the spark basically the whole year of, of getting that rolling. I mean, the running backs have had their time. Kendrick Raphael, he'll probably see a, a good number of carries this weekend. But I think Brendan Armstrong kind of sets the tone with his ability to run, and I think that'll be pretty big against Carolina saying, like, you know, he's here and, and he's ready to go out, you know, with a bang in his last ever home game of his college career. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's um kind of an underrated part of this is it is his senior day. It is his um you know last opportunity to play in front of a home crowd that was hesitant to to embrace him at times this year. And um, I mean, shoot, <laughs> Wolfpack Nation's loving them some Brent, Brennan Armstrong right now. Um, so I think he's going to get a just raucous welcoming from the crowd Saturday night. Because, um, you know, these past two starts, they've both been on the road. Um, they, they haven't the fans really haven't had a chance to in person express um, their happiness for Armstrong's play of late. But, you know, no, we've seen it. It's been on our message board. We've seen it on social media. We've seen it just from talking to people. Um, I, I think there's just such a an intense pride that these fans now have for Brennan Armstrong. And it's going to be cool to see him feel that love on um, on senior day. Um, my key to the game, I'm going to switch sides of the ball. It's going to be just kind of revolve around stopping tight ends. Um, you know, Noah, we've we've had this discussion before, but um, it's still an issue at times for the pack defense. A pack defense that, like, hey, I'm I'm nitpicking here. It is an awesome defense and it is playing at an elite level, but tight end coverage has lacked at times. And UNC has three really good tight ends that um they're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, Bryson Nesbitt, John Copenhaver, and um, Kamari Morales. They've combined for 62 catches for 910 yards this year. Um, Nesbitt leads that group. Um, I'm hesitant to even call him a tight end. I mean, he, he's six foot five. He's a, he's a big guy. He plays pretty much all of his snaps in the slot. He's a really good player. He has 39 catches and five touchdowns this year. And um, Morales and Copenhaver ha- sh- mostly play. They'll even line up in the backfield at times, but they're mostly in the um, you know traditional inline tight end role. Um, and when you have like a dynamic running back like Hampton, kind of doing his thing, you got to keep an eye out for um, you have to keep an eye out for the tight ends and play action and um, just how they can kind of get loose and um, make big plays that way, which is something that teams have had success doing against NC State this year. So just keep an eye on that. I'm sure that's going to be a point of emphasis. Um, Saturday night for the pack. All right. Well, we'll get back into 
um, our preview. But before we do so, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace uh, where whether you're looking for tickets to the UNCNC State game, a basketball game, a Hurricanes hockey game, just a concert, comedy show, anything you can think of, Game Time has it. Um, no, Noah, all this whole season, I've been using the UNCNC State game as my example on the Game Time app and talking about how I like buying tickets at the last minute. Well, hey, it's getting to the last minute. And there are very limited amounts of tickets available for this game, even on the resale market. Um, right now, if you go and look at the Game Time app, it'll show you the cheapest deal and it'll show you the exact view from your seat. I'll hold it up for those watching on YouTube. You can see it shows you the ticket, the price, and your seat view. I think that's really cool. It's a really cool feature. It's why I use Game Time. It's why I used them before they were a sponsor of this podcast. Um, and you know, if you do check it out, which I'd encourage, Either download it on the App Store or go check it out at gametime.co. That's not .com, that's .co. Um, if you do, use code WOLFPACK. That's all caps WOLFPACK for $20 off your first purchase. Um, that might get you to close to um, around $100 for um, for the UNC game. It's a hot ticket right now. But um, go check it out. And, um, you know, it's GameTime app at gametime.co. All right, Noah. This is the point of the podcast where we like to make our predictions, both bold and modest. So let's dive into it. Um, right now, NC State is once again a home underdog. They were a home underdog against you know, Miami and Clemson. Of course, they won those outright and covered. So it's really just you know, two and a half point underdogs right now. No, just off of everything that you've heard, seen, thought about this week, you think NC State's going to cover that number? They haven't showed me that they can't. Four weeks in a row, they've done it. They've covered the spread. They're 4-0. Give me – this isn't betting advice, but give me the pack to cover the two and a half. I'm fully with you. Um, I, I, I think um, NC State – is not only the better team in this matchup, I think they have more momentum and they're going to be in front of, I think one of the louder crowds that we've really experienced that um, has really been in Carter Finley in a while. I have high expectations for the atmosphere this weekend. I'm excited about it, but um, I'm definitely picking NC state to cover this one. And um, the more interesting number here, in my opinion is uh, the over under it's at 54 and a half, which I, I think, I think is interesting. Um, no, it's, it's a pretty high number, right? No. Uh, so just, um, where, where, what are you thinking? I think it's been a while since we've seen an NC state over under in the fifties. Yeah. I'm used to these over unders being in the forties, maybe even high 30. I think we had a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I don't know. Like you could see that it's being a high scoring game. If NC state's defense doesn't, you know, doesn't play to what it has been the last few weeks, right? You could see it getting to that point which they played really well in the first half of Tech. They played prevent in the second half, kind of let Tech score because they're like, you know what, take time off the clock, go for it, like whatever. So I see where Vegas is coming from, but I can't see. What is it, 54 and a half, you said? I can't yeah, see and 54 and a half points in this game. I just don't. So yeah. I, I'll go under. I'm with you. I, th- I think that's a weirdly high number, <laughs> to be honest. I, I Maybe they know something we don't. But um, I, I think NC State's defense is good enough to slow down and hold UNC below its average. 
And um, I don't, I just don't see that total going, going above that. All right. Um, now at this point in the show, we like to go over just kind of um, our predictions for the final score, you know, and then predict some stat leaders. So Noah, let's just, you know, rip the bandaid off here. Uh, what is your final score prediction for NC State versus UNC? 24-13 Wolfpack. I think they they come out and send a message. 24 has been the magic number. I'll stick in with it. They they did score 35 this past weekend, but 24 has been their number for a while this season. So stick with it, and I think the defense shows up. Peyton Wilson's last game in Carter-Finley, he's going to be fired up. It's a team he was going to play for at one point in high school. Picked the Wolfpack. He's played well. I think the defense shows up. 24-13. If this defense can hold... UNC's offense to 13 points, then they need to double Tony Gibson's salary. I mean, holy crap, that would be one heck of a performance. But, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it earlier this year. Louisville's offense, it was not far behind what UNC's offense is doing. So, and and they held them. They, they completely shut down that team. So Same with Miami. Yeah. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, uh, you know, listeners might be hearing that and being like, whoa, Noah, I don't know about that one, but it, it's this defense has been playing at an elite level. Uh, it, it, it has, um, you know, the second half against Virginia Tech aside, it is just really, really playing just some awesome football right now. Um, I don't see them holding them that low, but I don't think UNC gets above um, 30 points. I, I have this at a 28 to 27 victory for NC State. Uh, you know, <laughs> weird things happen in this rivalry, especially the past couple years. And I think it is going to be another one of those instant classic finishes at Carter Finley Stadium. Uh, it's one of those games where you throw the record out the table, you throw really momentum out out the out of the window. It's um, going to be a hard fought, intense rivalry game. But um, I'm going to give the edge to the pack on the back of a couple of clutch defensive stops in the final minutes. All right, Noah, let's go through our stat predictions and start with rushing. A quick news bit for you, those of you who haven't heard, Michael Allen's not playing in this game. He was hurt previously against Wake Forest and has now decided to opt out of the remainder of the year and um, enter the transfer portal when it, when, it, when it opens. So now you have a backfield with um, Kendrick Raphael, Delbert Mims, and Jordan Poole, who was playing linebacker a month ago. So, interesting group. Demarcus Jones is um, hurt also. He was not listed on the depth chart this week and um, has not played in the last few matchups. So, Noah, if you had to predict a leading rusher for this game, who would you go with? Referenced it earlier. If you're going to get him going, he's going to lead them in rushing. Brennan Armstrong, he's led them in rushing for the last three games, I believe. Yeah, so he's done well. He's led them in rushing for over over half of their games now, period. Um, for me, we had them in four of their first five, and now the last three, so that's seven. Good math there. So I think he uh, he leads in rushing. Does he get 22 carries, 21 carries like he had at Virginia Tech? Probably not, but he may may get close to that 100-yard mark where he's gotten close to the last two, the last two games. Did get over it at Virginia Tech and then kind of took some big loss of yards just to run the clock out. Um, but Brandon, Brandon Armstrong leads the pack in rushing this week yet again. 
Yeah, I mean that, that's a it's a good pick. I you look at Brennan's like physical rushing style too, and then you go watch some of the clips of UNC's defense, and I'm just like, man, I don't know if they're going to be able to tackle him at a high rate. I think Brennan could have a huge day on the ground. I think you're totally right. Maybe he will get up to that 20 carry mark because. I, like, I think he's going to be able to have a lot of success. I think he's going to get a lot of yards after contact. And, um, yeah, I, he's going to be a hard guy to stop in the red zone, too. I think his carries are going to be very heavy in the red zone. Um, kind of going off the same logic, I'm going to go with KC here, Kevin Concepcion. I think if there's any game to kind of go back to that pop pass, handoff out of the backfield, KC-centered offense, it's this one. Because, you know, Shoot, he's been hard to tackle all year. Um, against you know some pretty talented defenses, he's made them look pretty silly. I, I think he'll be able to um, again same sort of deal. Just get a lot of yards after the catch, a lot of yards after contact, and I think he'll get enough carries out of the backfield and maybe break one really long. To um, I'll pick him for a leading rusher, even though I think Brennan's gonna lead them in rushing. But um, I'll go KC here because I think he could have a couple huge runs. And um, you know, reverses, stuff like that, that um Anai has started to pull out here late in the season. Next up, let's talk about receiving. You know, speaking of Kevin Concepcion, um, you know, it's the same sort of deal as it has been all season. Um, Casey has just uh kind of carried the passing offense. Uh they, he's the focal point of the offense, whether it's a deep route down the seam or a pop pass. But um, Noah, do you have anything um exciting, anything off the beaten path here for our, our receiver prediction? So I thought about it, and I like to be bold, but I can't be bold here. He had seven receptions against Virginia Tech. Everyone else had two or less. So just going off that number, it's hard to be leading receiver when you have two catches and another guy's had seven. Granted, some of these pop passes, which is basically a handoff, but counts as a pass. So therefore, Kevin Concepcion will lead them in, in receiving. You know, I mean, this year he's at, what, 57 receptions, 636 yards, Eight touchdowns. All of those are true freshman records. But the yards one, I don't know if they're going to actually call it a freshman record because there is a retro freshman that, that did have a pretty big year. Um, but true freshman, he holds the record for all three. Yeah, I mean, just what a um, huge season for it has been. Just re- record-breaking year for Casey. And, um, you know, for those of you who followed his recruitment, he almost went to UNC. His final two were NC State and, and UNC. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, see maybe if there's a little uh, extra motivation from the freshman there. Because uh, a, a year ago this time, it, or a little over that, I should say, he was still considering the Tar Heels. He knows the staff there really well. He knows a lot of their players. So it'll be cool. I think this um, it'll be a cool game for Casey. I could see him getting in the end zone for sure. And um, what about tackling, Noah? Uh, you know, we we can always point to Peyton Wilson. He's you know the best linebacker in the country. He's going to bring home some major hardware this year. But um, just what? Who do you see leading NC State in tackles this game? Peyton Wilson. This man yeah. is a former <laughs> North Carolina commit. We've talked to, I've mentioned it multiple times now. But I think he's going to have extra motivation. One, because of that. Two, because it's his last game in the Carter ever. And three, I think he cements his his awards that he's going to win this year. He's already a finalist for the Butkus and Degurski. He's a semifinalist for the Bednarik. I think he probably he has a big game Saturday. Probably wins all three. 
and, and really cements himself as the best college defensive player in 2023. Wow. So, so are you calling your shot? You think he's going to clean sweep the uh, postseason awards? If he, if he puts up like, you know, 13 tackles, two TFLs, a pick against Carolina, I think it happens. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's reasonable. I mean, I mean, he's deserving. He's just having. He's he, same with this similar thing with KC, where he's just having such an awesome season that um you know the postseason awards are going to start to fall in, and all you can do is just um you know tip your head applaud because it has been a historic um you know just kind of unprecedented run by Peyton this year that should not be taken for granted. With that said, I'm not picking him to lead the team in tackles. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Devin Boykin here. Because I think NC State's going to do a good job shutting down the run against UNC. But I think there's going to be, you know, I think Drake May's tough to stop. I think they're going to be able to get their passing offense going. And Boykin is someone who a lot of times this season has been there to just kind of clean things up, um, make critical plays to stop big gains. And um, I'm going to pick him there. Uh, I think this could be a game where you have like four or five guys around that, um, like, you know, eight to 10 tackle mark. I think it's going to be a spread out day because UNC spreads the ball around so much. Um, but, you know, I, the, the safe money's with Peyton. But uh, I'm going to go with um, Devin Boykin here and uh, go with that. That might be my bold prediction anyways. But, um, Noah, before we get out of here, let, let's just wrap things up with one one more bold prediction. Just one thing that uh, Wolfpack fans can look forward to seeing this weekend that they might not expect. I will say this. It's not expected, but it will happen. We we went over we went over on it, but last week it's okay on the ones on the on the pod. I need to still check what I did on my written version, which will be updated on Friday for we'll have five more. But we'll preview now. Jordan Poole scores another touchdown this weekend. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean I mean that the pass play he scored on his first one was cool. Um, no, no one saw it coming. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, they see I it coming see, I, now. I, you know, right now, I mean, it's kind of like by necessity, he's been such a good blocker at fullback, but I, I think I I'd like to see him get a few more, like a couple carries, maybe see, see what he can do on the ground. I, cause, cause it's just, it's not a deep running back room at this point. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a fun, that's a fun prediction. I, I'll go with that. I, I, I'll, I'll agree. I, I think that's a good one as well. But um, I, I'm going to go with um, four or more sacks. I, I think they're going to get into the backfield pretty early and often against Drake May. I think it's going to be, you know, at home the past couple games, a lot of their strategy, it seems like, you know, get to the quarterback early, hit him hard, and uh, rattle him. I mean, that's what they've done pretty consistently at home this year is rattling the opposing quarterback. And um, that leads to interceptions. It leads to fumbles. It leads to overall chaos. And I think it's going to lead to more than more than four sacks against the Tar Heels. Um, like I said earlier, they've allowed 28 through their 11 games this year. So statistically, it's not even that bold of a prediction. But um, I think the Wolfpack will, um, you know, like Davin Van could, um, you know, create some chaos. Maybe you have Sean Brown coming off of a safety blitz and delivers a big hit. Stuff like that. I think it could be a um, a fun you know day for the Wolfpack pass rush. All right. Well, um, this was quite the positive podcast. I think it's pretty clear that um, Noah and I are pretty optimistic about the game. And now that we've said all this, it's probably going to go nothing like 
what we've predicted. But hey, that's the fun of college football. It's rivalry week. It's one of the most fun stretches of the year. And um, Noah and I are super excited to cover it um, with all of you. Thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, before we get out of here, I have to say one more thank you to our other sponsor, Factor. Um, this holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepped, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your health healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Noah, uh, we've both had these meals because um, Factor was nice enough to send us some free ones, and th they're pretty dang good. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed. Um, you know the pasta ones they had. Um, it, it was just a. Uh, it was cool. You know, I'm not like the biggest like like meal delivery guy, but Factor might have changed my stance on it because I, I I really enjoyed it. They had like these good smoothies that came along with the meal kits too, and um, it just takes so much stress out of your day because you don't have to worry about cooking. You don't have to worry about grocery shopping. It just shows up at your door and it's not frozen. It is ready to um, you know, prepare in two minutes um, in the microwave. So, you know, shout out Factor. Um, go ahead and head to factormeals.com slash wolfpacker50 and use code wolfpacker50 to get 50% off. That's code wolfpacker50 at factormeals.com slash wolfpacker50 to get 50% off. That's a great deal. All right. Thanks again, everyone. And um, we will be back Sunday morning to recap what will be a late night in Carter-Finley Stadium that um, might end in a Wolfpack W.